DMB On Demand is a love letter written to the music of the Dave Matthews Band and the eclectic family that passionately supports them. Hello, and welcome to DMB On Demand, where we explore the music of DMB and the family therein. Take a seat, get comfortable, and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. Before we get to the interview, we'll take a moment to discuss some DMB history and news. We will have links to all information presented in the notes section of the episode on dmbondemand.com. So before we get into today's information and news segment, I want to take a moment to send our love and support for Haley, one of our first guests on the podcast and who, without her brainstorming and her advice, we wouldn't even have a podcast. She just suffered a tragic loss recently when her grandfather passed away. My grandfather was more like a father to me and was my favorite person in the world, and when he passed, the planet just stopped spinning for a while. So while I can't understand exactly what she's going through, I can relate, and it's a heartbreaker. So please, DMB family, if you pray, pray for her. If you meditate, center around the name Haley. Whatever it is you do, please keep Haley at the focus of it for a while. Strangers Helping Strangers creates future family. So we're not going to do the DMB history for today. There's a lot of news and notes to cover along with a segment after The Way I Heard It that kind of recaps and concludes Season 3. So we decided to cut out history for this episode. First of all, speaking of history... I want to take this time to thank Bridget for faithfully handling the DMB history segment for each episode. The listeners have come to expect her smooth, soft voice each week as they learn about DMB history, and I know that you love her just as much as we all do. Summer tour season is finally here, right? Have you been to a show yet? Are you getting ready to go to a show? Let's Pray to God they all keep going over the summer. I mean, so far the band's been delivering some dream set list with uh, the one I was looking at yesterday. It was like straight out of 2000. It was crazy. Let's just hope the live shows continue so we all get a chance to see the boys doing what they love. Keep yourself safe. Keep those around you safe. Look after one another like the music tells us to do so we can all pull through this time easier and together. So over in our Etsy shop, it's etsy.com slash media on demand. We uploaded about 115 designs to the shop in the past two weeks, and we have 50 more designs coming in the next few weeks. Right now we only have them on t-shirts, but we'll be putting all 150 designs onto stickers then hoodies, tank tops, tote bags, phone cases. If you want one of our designs on an item before that, just reach out to me. If you want a phone case with a design that you like that's on a t-shirt, I can make that happen. That's no big deal. 
just reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook or your email. Uh, and you can always reach out to me if you want custom merch. If you like a design, but you want a name or a lyric or a date added to it, then we can work with you to make that happen. And we also do custom builds. You give us a song, color options, and we'll build up a new design just for you, and we can put it on about anything you can imagine. Just a reminder, as it relates to the shop and our Patreon supporters, we have awesome coupon codes for our shop, and uh, we switch it up every few weeks. Sometimes it's buy one, get one codes, and other times it's 25% off and such. We're also doing monthly giveaways for our Patreon subscribers. In July, we gave away custom DMB lock screens. Our supporters gave us a song, a color, and text, and we created a lock screen for their phone just for them. Sometimes the giveaways are custom made like this one. Sometimes we just make one uh, designed by default and anybody who wants to download and use it can. And it's not always just phone screens. There's wallpapers and prints and, and different items like stickers we give away in there. So if you want to learn more about that, it's patreon.com slash DMB on demand. Back to the summer tour here for a second. I'm putting together a tutorial on how to safely and easily download torrents so that all the listeners can grab the audio from the summer's 2021 tour to download, save, and listen to. Trust me when I say the process is quite simple, and I think once you have a visual aid, it will be approachable and fun to do. Not only will we be able to get the audio from 21, 2021 tour, but you'll be able to grab shows from way back to the early 90s, special compilations, and much more. And if you ever have trouble finding a particular show, you can always reach out to me and I'll do my best to find a torrent for you. With this week's episode, I just wanted to shout out and say that this is part two of a two-part series. If you've missed part one, I suggest that you go back and listen to that episode first before continuing so that you have full context for the interview. Uh, this episode also marks the end of season three. We will be on break for a few weeks, but don't worry, we're not really going anywhere. During the break, we will be pouring over the analytics of each show over the past three seasons and pulling surveys from past guests and listeners to see how we can pivot to make season four even better for the DMB family. I'll also be getting a new microphone set up to increase the quality, and I'm taking some online classes on how to better engineer the audio. And working on making the experience streamlined from start to finish. During the break, we'll also be launching DMB Boomerang. It's a bonus spinoff for the podcast for the off-season. This will explore how we interpret the music of DMB individually and collectively. It will further shine a light on the impact and love that the music has laced inside of it. We will sit down with one DMB family member, and discuss a topic and a lyric that link together. From there, we'll bounce around to different lyrics and different thoughts, however the conversation takes us, and explore those. Near the end, we'll come back around to the original thought and original lyric to complete the DMB boomerang and conclude the episode. I think that is about all of the news and the notes that we needed to get out of the way. So we're going to go ahead and jump into part two of two with our good friend, Scott. Enjoy. 
Each week, we have an intimate conversation with a member of the DMB family. We explore how the music of Dave Matthews Band and the deep bonds within the DMB family have shaped their life. We come to realize that while each story is unique and the family as a whole is diverse, we are sewn together by one common thread. The members of Dave Matthews Band and the people who make up the DMB family are simply people who love. We hope you enjoy this week's interview. So, most listening to this already understand what the DMB family is. Uh, for those who don't, basically, you get into the band, you start going to shows, you start talking to people, and you realize there's this community laced together through the music. It's called the DMB family, and then you get involved, and it kind of just goes from there. Um, so, like for example, with DMB on demand. It started with being a part of the DMB community and wanting to develop something from that. Um, and that's what we did. With your experience, what happened that made you aware of this community, you know, underneath the music? And how did you get involved with the community aspect of the band? When I was at Dave and Tim in Vegas in... I guess, uh, uh, when was that? 2005, 2006, maybe? Or it was after that. Um, it may have been after that. Whatever the David Tim, you know, those December shows. Um, I was trying to buy, uh, I had tickets for like maybe the second night, but not the first night. And I'm, you know, trying not to be creepy, running around, trying to see who's trying to sell tickets, try to, you know, avoid the scalpers, find the, find the poor bastard that, you know, lost his date and needs someone to sit with him. And, uh, I randomly came across, um, my now friend Emmett and, you know, he's selling a ticket. I am looking for a ticket and we just, you know, he's a, he's a big guy like me, though he's a little bit older than I am. And we're just kind of like sizing each other up and be like, you know, how much you selling that for? I don't know how much you want to buy it for, you know, kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, you know, okay, I think, I think we can do this. And it gives me a decent price. And I think maybe he, he sold to me at face value. And suddenly I'm going to be sitting with Emmett. Uh, and he, it was like VIP too. So like we got to go, you know, in the you know, bougie, not, not the tent at like Atlantic city in the caravan, but like whatever, you know, the seating area there was at uh, planet Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, we go inside, and he and I are just you know trying to become friends, having a similar conversation like we are now, where you know uh, you want to talk about your Dave Matthews Band bona fides, you know, like oh yeah, I've been to this many shows, or I was at this random one, or that was exciting, and, it, and neither one of us were you know simple or shallow enough where we're trying to one up each other, but we just you know relate some stories. He's from uh, you know from Canada on the West Coast, and you know he's been to the Gorge a couple times. He knows a you know couple uh members of the band and you know their uh kind of extended family and we're like oh that's super cool we're like yeah uh we became friends and uh through that i was kind of associated i was able to connect with uh you know there's a uh, the basis for tr3 is friends with uh with emmett and so like i'm able to speak with mick a little bit through you know social media excuse me and uh I don't remember if that was when I was connecting to, you know, like communities on Facebook. Cause again, that, you know, Facebook 10 years ago would look like so elementary. Um, but I also made friends that night 
as we sat down in the VIP area, you know, uh, I think either we were, Em and I were seated and there was a couple that came and asked if they could sit at the table with us or it was vice versa. I don't remember, but, uh, Kathy and Mike who are big in the, uh, you know, in the fandom, uh, we made friends with them and I've seen Kathy and Mike several times since then, you know, I saw them at the gorge and, 12 or 13 and uh i've seen them other places and you know we keep track of each other and you know that, that network builds um in which network you know well, most of your career and everything else is all just off the network that you've built and the people that you know and you know that you can relate to and you can benefit each other um so kathy and mike i met them at that show um and you know i think and then there was a point later where I was trying to find tickets for SPAC in 16, I believe, when I was just back from Afghanistan. Uh, Cause I just happened, I was in Boston seeing somebody and then golfing with another friend up in New Hampshire. And then I was driving West and it's, and I was like, Dave Matthews playing SPAC tonight. What do you like? Is this, is this real life? This is actually going to work out. And you know, I think I talked to Emmett and he, you know, put some feelers out on a, you know, community board or a forum or something. And, got me into a group. Um, of course I can't think of the name of the group now. Um, got me in the group. So I post something just being like, you know, half homeless, half vagrant veteran looking to go to, uh, Dave tonight at SPAC. If you got a ticket, that'd be really cool. I have money. And, uh, my now dear friend, Lucy, uh, saw, me trying to uh, find a ticket and she had lost her uh, concert buddy and uh, not talking myself up, but she said she was looked at my, saw my post, looked at my picture and was like, yep, I'll sit with him. And uh, so I get this message from Lucy and she's selling it. And I, and again, I think it was kind of a face value thing. Uh, meet me in the out uh, where everyone's tailgating and uh, you know, my friends were going to do a, a once over on you and see if it's going to be you know a good idea. And uh, met her uh, with uh, her friends. You know, she's got her street cred because she's got Dave Matthews tattoos, plural. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can. You know, you're not the super casual fan. You know, you you do this. And uh, Lucy and I did uh, SPAC, and I believe it was 2016. Um, not exactly sure of that. And uh, then, oh, you know, when I was, uh, we've become really good friends. I've visited her in the Catskills since then with her and her husband. And uh, when I was in Afghanistan in 2017, 2018, you better believe I was getting way more cookies than I wanted to work off in the gym. Um, she was, uh, she was amazing. And everybody, uh, everybody knew when I was getting big packages that we had cookies and they didn't know who Lucy was, but they knew they loved some Lucy. Uh, for all the cookies. Now, maybe I was taking the chocolate chip cookies back to my room and leaving the you know oatmeal raisin for everyone else. But, uh, you know, they didn't need to know all of that. So uh, through those, you know, those last second moments trying to find tickets, uh, you know, getting into different communities and staying in there, you know, obviously seeing people's uh, uh, daily inspiration posts of lyrics and things that sometimes I just can't relate to because it's not really exactly what I'm thinking about, but I do know where the sentiment comes from, because again, I spent a lot of time with this band in my head. So speaking of the band in your head, um, we're going to kind of go on polar extremes. Now we're going to talk about some low point in your life and then a high point. 
We're going to start with low point, and you can you can keep it in the last five years if you want, or you can go back further. Just uh, in all your experiences from childhood to forty two, can you think of one moment in your life that uh, was particularly tough? That either a a song DMB song influenced then and there, or b when you heard the song, you thought, hmm, you can look back and it gives context to that situation. I'll relate uh, a couple of things I've talked to uh, before. Stay or Leave, when it came out, that came out uh, after probably my most significant breakup. And she broke up with me for all the right reasons. For nothing less, I was moving back to Europe again. That made enough sense, though I didn't want her to do that. And Stay or Leave, just, uh, that was a tough time. Um, I doubt she'll listen to this podcast. So um, I was not right in the head for like two years after that relationship ended. And it was my first real relationship. I was 23, 24. It was significant. And then, you know, the novelty of I was at Stay or Leave the first time it was played. And then it's just awesome song anyway. And then, you know, timing works out. And, you know, and it was right about the time I joined the Army as well in 2005. And I remember being in the army and, you know, they're, they're there to break you down and build you back up. And on, you know, the breaking down phase, I just still had days where I was like, that stupid girl is never going to leave my head. And those are down times because I felt that I had, you know, really missed an opportunity. Um, you know, what she was looking for and what I was looking for are a little different. I just love her and never, never want her to leave. She's ready for me to get a real job and let's start a family. That's just not where I was. And I didn't understand, you know, young and in love and, you know, my first time in it with, you know, all two feet, I'm, uh, when it ends and I don't understand why it has to end, that's a tough time. And, you know, that was a time to grow. Um, you know, and I've, and I've been in relationships and in love since then where I needed to have that in the past or maybe I didn't need to, but it did happen and did make, make me appreciate it, uh, in the future. What was uh, what what I had when I had it? Um, so stay or leave with that poor girl that loved me once upon a time um, was uh, that that was a very uh, that was that was tough. You know, young man, I don't know anything, um, and that song you know is definitely that phase for me. Then uh, moving forward, my first time back from uh, or when I when I first got back from Iraq. At the end of 2008, um, 2009, it's just a kind of a crazy year. I've never been in a situation where I had been that far away that long. And, you know, you know, it's another part of the world, but it might as well be a different fucking planet um, for, for like where you are, the reality you accept, the strangeness of all of it. Again, not that I was ever in a particular imminent danger where something really, really can happen, but you know, things fall from the sky and it can happen, but you don't, you never live that way that you're worried about it. Um, getting back from that deployment. Um, yeah, here's like my big public confession. I was crazy in the head and my case, there, there are people that are in like direct combat and they come back and they're not doing you know, not doing well. Um, I got back and I was not in, in that situation. I was, you know, I was running the battalion headquarters at night. You know, the boss can go to sleep because he can trust me to stay awake and make decisions that are, you know, my pay grade. And when they're above mine and I can make that determination, I go wake him up for him to make that decision. 
Um, so I was never in any kind of, you know, imminent danger other than, you know, fly in, fly out. People do get shot down, but it, you know, the, the chances of that are so astronomically small. I, I don't think about it, but I'm aware that it can happen. Um, so I got back and, uh, you know, the first month, maybe like I just, I would go to work and, uh, you know, still being in the army and I would come home and like, I just wanted to sit on the couch with my laptop. I didn't want to go outside and want to do anything. Cause it was just like, I had been in such a routine, which is you know, so prison, like there in the routine and the job that I had, um, that I, I just was like this shelter in place to stay here. I would have been really good at like pandemic lockdown if we could have put me from like February of 2009 into like April of 2020, I've been like, yeah, no problem. Don't want to leave anyway. Um, so, so soon after that, you know, some of my friends are like, uh, I think we're going out tonight. And I was at Fort Stewart, Georgia, the third infantry division, living right outside of Savannah. I was like, we're going to go downtown Savannah tonight. And I'm like, you know, I remember we used to have fun when we went down there. Right. Because pre-deployment, it was like, you know, I'm not going to live forever. And I swear to God, I never used the line that I didn't want to die a virgin, but maybe you can understand my thought process before I was going to Iraq for you know, <laughs> yeah. over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I you know, uh, they don't have, you know, tequila in Afghanistan, not the good Mexican kind, as far as I know, and or not Afghanistan, Iraq. And I didn't drink there anyway, because we're not allowed to. But, uh, you know, there was, there was an, definitely a swing of like building up to like, gonna go, not sure I'll come back, probably will, but might not. Then you get into this other phase of just complete lockdown, focus on the objective. These are the missions. These are our tasks. We say focus on that and you shut off, shut off completely parts of your life. Um, I didn't like holidays over there because I knew, you know, it's, a federal holiday on a Monday. And like, I look at Facebook again, back in the beginning of Facebook and I see all my friends are posting fun things and I'm like, well, I'm not having any fucking fun. Like this sucks. I don't want to look at this. So every major like federal holiday that came by, I was like, I, I would say off of you know, social media, I wouldn't talk to my friends that day back home. Cause I don't want to know what the fun you're having while I'm not having fun. Um, I'm much more happy when you go to work and you suffer too. Um, so, uh, got through that, get, went through deployment, get back. Definitely, you know, just, humble and quiet. And then, uh, you know, went out one weekend and I was like, yeah, uh, I mean, I miss Jaeger bombs. I definitely miss Jaeger bombs. And the, uh, reaction became when I'm back in a world that seems so different. And it took me time to understand that no, they hadn't changed. It was me that had changed. It, like everything here was still the same. I've just been somewhere else. So completely different that the world seems really strange coming back to it. And suddenly it was like, man, I don't know about you, but every day in America is like living in Disney world. Everything's open 24 hours a day. I can do what I want. And there, there there's women here. There's nobody have any of that back there. You know, your desert Queens and God love them. You know, they're fours stateside. And then they go over there and suddenly the, the numbers change from like, you know, one to one to 50 to one, and they become much more of a hot commodity. And then <laughs> they're going through an adjustment because they, they've never been that popular before. Right. So that, you know, we're, we're all going through this mishmash of emotions and, uh, uh, it, it's just, it's just, I don't want to call it a train wreck cause it wasn't always bad, but it, it's like this train's going a little too fast on these, uh, this windy trek. 
And, uh, and I went, you know, I, 2009, it was, you know, a glorious year of time off and, you know, focusing on, you know, being fit. I was going to try and hike the Appalachian trail. Um, cause when I was in, in Iraq, hiking the Appalachian trail was like the best alternative that I could think of. Like I went and trapped at this desk at this office and I'm hiking through nature, blah, 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 blah. Then I get back and I try to implement that plan. And suddenly my alternative to the Appalachian Trail is not Iraq. It's Virginia Beach in the summer, right? And I'm like, what am I doing out here? Why am I continuing to isolate myself? I am not that antisocial. I would rather be around people. And you certainly meet some characters out there hiking because, you know, it takes a character to go hike that whole thing. And uh, being a little crass, it became the mentality came as I was hiking and I did about 120 miles about every two lane road that I crossed, I would cross it. And it's like, this is not dirt. This is pavement. And down this golden path of pavement is like titties, pizza, and beer. What am I doing out here? Right? Like at least I got a chance out here. I might get eaten by a bear. And like, that's going to be even additionally tragic that that is how I went out after getting back from a wreck. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, how I perceive evil in the world, that bear was just hungry. He doesn't care. Like, how is this too slow running down the mountain? So uh, that that transition um, there, uh, getting back from a wreck, was definitely a phase that when I kind of got to my limits of how much fun can I have on a weekend, I, you know, I blew it out. And there was one weekend where I was like, all right, I'm on timeout because I'm, I'm losing control of myself and I want to think I have more talent and ability capabilities than just being Scott's a lot of fun on the weekends. And during, you know, during the week, he's Mr. Super clean eater. And, uh, and I, you know, and again, I was going through this transition of trying to understand the world again, trying to understand this new version of me that didn't seem that, that different. Um, you know, I'd never been a gym guy before. And suddenly I, I spent, you know, 10 months lifting my butt off because I had nothing else to do. And I come back and, you know, uh, and I sort of had no animosity towards other branches of the military. I was in the army, but now I'm back in this Navy town and, you know, I'm, I was all big, you know, like 245 pounds, 30 years old. I've been deadlifting small cars. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, you're in the Navy, like you're in a ship and that probably sucks, but that's not, boots on the ground doing, you know, living my life in the dirt for uh, as long as I did. And, uh, you know, I had to do what I could to understand my worst egomaniacal moments. And I was wearing myself down through that process to, um, I, I never had a drinking problem where I couldn't not drink, but I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm done drinking. Uh, I'm not, I'm wasting my time here. And then trying to recreate a new identity that wasn't, it's Friday night. We know what we do here, right? And, uh, you know, that fortunately, you know, golf didn't save my life, but that's right when I got into playing golf and I was like, I can blow as much money on this as I do, uh, you know, out on the weekends. And, uh, you know, that an alternative for me. And then that translates and transitions into the much more of an individual that I feel I became, um, with a bunch of autonomy where, you know, even when I don't want to go to golf practice, I can do that by myself. 
and I can work on that by myself. There are times that I certainly appreciate having other people there to make me better and give me another set of eyes. Um, but I definitely had some, some down, uh, I, I definitely struggled through that phase. Um, because, uh, I, it was like, I was recreating myself at, you know, 31 and I didn't, you know, I had lived another life before this and, you know, what am I holding on to? What am I letting go of? in uh in in that transition and i continue to use that because it, it was a transition especially in hindsight of like it was that was a big time and there were times that i was all alone and i did not like it and i was uncomfortable and i didn't have even you know what we have with you know facebook and instagram and you know our phones that we absolutely live on now i didn't have that connectivity to other people that were you know available all the time and i spent a lot of time alone um and i'm sure i was playing plenty of guitar at the time but i remember that being uh, it, it was, there were stretches where it was tough. And I remember those were, you know, when I had dark days, that was, that was it because I didn't know the world anymore that I came from. And then I was actively trying to make a transition out of just being, you know, cause in my mind, like anybody can go get drunk on the weekends. That's not tough. Um, I, I want to be able to think that I, you know, I do more than that. Um, and it just kind of started another phase of my life where I'm like, all right, let's attack. Let's find what we think we're good at. Let's see if we are good at it. And, uh, you know, let's go from there and let's have an adventure. All right, let's go to the other end of the spectrum then. Um, think of a good time in your life, maybe a time where you, well, yeah, I'm not even going to define it. I'll let you pick a, a good time in your life and a song that kind of uh, encapsulates that good time. So usually the best times are, you know, getting back from those deployments. And I, I don't feel like my I am, uh, my identity is the military, but I spent, you know, 10, 12 years in that, in that world. So obviously I have a connection to that getting back from deployments. You know, it is, you know, life is as good as it can be. I've saved some money. I'm going to take some time off and I'm coming back to, you know, America, which I will always say is the fucking best place out there. Uh, my opinion is a little biased because I've been to the worst fucking places. Um, and I've traveled to some sweet vacation spots and those are nice, but that's not a sustainable, uh, place to be. No one makes it, you know, in Cancun forever. Um, but man, it was a great time when I went. Um, so uh, returning, uh, usually from deployments, again, it's just a, and, I, and then I've planned it out to have some time where, you know, I'm, I'm just going to work on golf for a little while. And even if my days are me just piddling around, I'm out in the sunshine, you know, there's no potential for us to get shot at. I never, you know, played in, you know, the cliche jokes of like, I wasn't golfing in Detroit. Um, I just, I, I found my happy places where I was going to find my reprieve. Um, and I'm in, I'm in a pretty decent place right now where, you know, I've, I've been working for a couple months up in North Carolina and I've got two weeks off down here and, you know, while well, black and bluebird and Lime and hand of God are there, like, so damn lucky. It's still just a, it's a, an uplifting song and it's, uh, and I'm, I'm in a positive place now. Um, and it's, I know that like, uh, when I was in North Carolina, I was working six days a week, 12 hours a day. And I'm, and I've done those shifts before because I was doing seven days a week and I'm like, okay, this is what it is. I can handle this now. Let's, but I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and 
uh, I've been able to kind of figure my life out enough where I have these, you know, who we want to call them sabbatical stretches where I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm going to take a little time right here. I'm going to take a little bit of time right there, you know, living in a contract gig economy sometimes, but I'm, I'm making it work. Um, and it's not that I need to go super high and be super happy because, you know, uh, I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson and, you know, I listened to it yesterday, something he said, which is something he says a lot that you should be basing your life around happiness, but creating a life full of meaning. And I'm like, I, I have meaning in my life Yeah. Uh, because happiness is, uh, I'll paraphrase him, but happiness you know, descends upon you and should be appreciated while you have it. But you, it's difficult to create a life where you're just in the pursuit of happiness, even though it's, you know, I believe the constitution of bill of rights on me, the pursuit of happiness again, because it's fleeting when it happens, let it just, just soak that shit in and really enjoy it because it's really worth something when it's there. But if you were pursuing a life of meaning, you can, every day you can, you can address that whether you're raising your kids or you, you have something super rewarding in your career. Like if you have the meaning you can find that then there's an opportunity for happiness. Um, maybe not the, you know, the crescendo, like man, cocaine's a hell of a drug kind of happiness, but when it comes, it's great. Appreciate it while you have it and then move forward. And that's where I'm finding, uh, you know, even if I'm just tinker around working on golf, I'm like, this is a game I can't beat. And there's plenty of people I'll never beat, but there's meaning to get out here and struggle and work through this. And that even that silly, you know, uh, shallow meaningness, there is meaning to it. And that works for me, whether I'm in the gym and, you know, it's a bunch of dudes and we're like, we're just looking at each other and we're like, you know, who's the, who's the silverback in here, right? They're like, somebody's going to be the, the big gorilla. And it's like, okay, I have a purpose. And this is, you know, as a, you know, a male with testosterone flowing, like I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna start a fist fight with anybody in here. But at the same time, we're playing a game of like these. There, there's going to be competition. We compete against each other, and uh, you know, it doesn't have to get ugly. But at the same time, you know, the pretty girl walks by. In my case, and I'm like, ah, these weights are not as heavy as they just were, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and and, and that's reality. I am not saying that's reality for everyone, but that is my reality. And if I'm in the gym and I'm finding my meaning there, um, and I, I transition to something else where, you know, I go hit golf balls and I want to know why I can't do this. It just gives me a purpose to work towards. And there's meaning there. I'm writing, you know, I haven't written a song and published anything since October for the rock bridge, uh, submission. And Lucy was twisting my arm to, you know, post one of my other ones. And then I got ambitious to write something new. Uh, and then the girl that it was about sent me a message saying it was really beautiful. And I uh, held off on telling her it was about her and not quite complimentary. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm finding the meaning in there. And that is where uh, I'm able to find my happiness. And in the last five years, I've said two times coming back from deployments where I'm like, life is pretty good. Um, I spent, I think I spent 17 days in, Scotland in 2018 during the summer and played some cool golf courses. And then, you know, a little bit of a like family heritage trip from my mom's side of the family, which is a funny joke in there that she was finding out information because she's like, yeah, we're English and we're Scottish and, you know, we're finding out things and uh, talking to people and looking in books and blah, blah, blah. And uh, eventually I think we came to the conclusion that we were not from, or our Scottish roots came from Ireland. 
And I was like, so we're Irish and she was, my mom was like, nope, we are Scottish. Cause that's how she identified. We are Scottish. I was like, you, mom, you are as ginger as it gets. You're like, it, we, it might be Irish. And she was like, nope, we are, we are from Scotland. And, uh, and I'm not af- afraid to make, you know, uh, edgy jokes. I was like, that's like, you know, you, you meet a black guy in Atlanta and you're like, Hey, where are you from? Um, and he's like Atlanta. And I'm like, yeah, but originally you're probably <laughs> not from Atlanta. Not that you would, not that we would, I mean, I, I know that like my family name is Norwegian right. and I've gone there, but like where he would be in Africa, he doesn't particularly know. Um, right. but again, like mom, I think we're from Ireland. <laughs> then, nope. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> uh, all right. So coming back to what we were originally taught, like when we came into the interview about being out there um, against the world, you, you don't have to be traveling the country or going to Afghanistan to be out there against the world. A lot of people are out there against the world just by themselves where they're at in life. And so if anybody listening is up against it and out there by themselves. Is there a song that you would have them listen to? And, and why would you give them that song? So like a, a song, uh, in, in, you know, this is even from uh, the first show I went to, New Year's Eve 96, uh, opening with Seacup. Um, and the depth of that song um, and I mean, musically where he, what they're doing, what, how they're performing, how they're singing or how he's singing, um, the solos and everything to it. But when you like break down the lyrics of that song, um, you seek up an emotion, right? And this is to the core of who you are, where you're at. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. when he's talking about, you seek up a uh, big, big monster to fight those wars for you, you know, paraphrasing with, um, I mean, you're getting into the emotion there and then digging into something deeper to, you know, try to be strong enough to, uh, address whatever, you know, conflict there is in your life. And, you know, there are times that you have to encourage yourself and even potentially manipulate yourself to believe that you can do these things. Um, what, whatever it is. Um, I mean, I, I've noticed I've been shy before about asking someone for help in a grocery store. I'm like, what am I shy about? But it's still like, you know, I, maybe there are times that I'm just more introverted for a phase and, uh, what, you know, there's a lot to be broken down in Seek Up and of, and then how that song uh, is such, uh, we're able to identify with that song with the band over such a long period of time and how that song is developed. And it's like, all oh, those words are so true. Um, they continue to be true. And that's where like he, you're creating music and messaging that has longevity. All right. So, uh, one of the final questions I have is probably one of the tougher ones. And Hit me. Basically, <laughs> basically, what I want to know is when you take all of the music of the Dave Matthews Band, when you take the fun songs like Stay, when you take the heavy songs like Bartender or Seek Up and the inspirational songs, when you take it and you put it all together, you put it in a paint can and you blend that paint can, what comes out? What's the overall message, in your opinion, of the music that we all know and love. Well, you nailed it. Love. That's what it's about. There's the, uh, you know, the visceral fun, sexual innuendo that's to the songs. There's love of, uh, those in your family, you know, loss. Um, and 
and, and I mean, David addresses this, that like, you know, it's still at the end of the day, like he's, he's singing about love and I know as much of other crazy things I get into, even I know like the relationships I have, even with family members that drive me nuts, it is still love that matters at the end. I'm not going to be worried if I should have made more money in my life, just hopefully, uh, you know, towards the end, I can appreciate that. Like I've had some close relationships because that as much as I never want to acknowledge that in my past, it really is. It does appear that that is what matters is your relationship and your connection with others. You blend all their music up together and it's about love. Um, and your connection to others, your appreciation of others, you know, losses, gains, all of that. And, uh, that is not to be, uh, undermined or diminished. Sometimes, you know, he gets into stuff there where it's, you know, flighty and flaky. Um, and other times it's, you know, super heavy and meaningful, but at the end of, uh, the end of the day, it's, it's a song. They're, you know, a band with lyrics, at least about love in your relationship with others. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, the fact that love isn't necessarily a Valentine's day card every time that, uh, there's love and tragedy, there's love and loss, there's love and joy. It can be found about about anywhere you look. So finally, what I, I want to say do, something about real quick. Sure, yeah, go ahead. And to tag on to love, the way that he screams love at the end of Halloween is a different kind of love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> um so what I want to do is kind of just open up the floor for you. If there's something for, that we touched on in the interview that you want to flesh out a little bit, that's fine. If you have any shout outs, um, how to find you on social media, any charities, just essentially the floor is yours. Take as much time as you need and uh, get it all out. I appreciate that, Drew. Uh, this has been uh, super engaging. Um, I had COVID uh, started about a month ago and, uh, I definitely had a rougher case than I would have anticipated I would have. And, uh, you know, coming off of that, um, I've been, I, I can say that I've, I, don't, I haven't been that sick before. I've been that sick, but I've not been that sick that long. Um, and, uh, I was running a significant fever for about six days and I'm like, I'm pretty damn healthy. Uh, and it, it definitely, we, we went for a ride. Um, and on the backside of that, I've definitely noticed where, um, it's definitely a lot of, you know, days where I'm just kind of worn out, uh, some brain fog in the few first few days after, especially after the fever broke. Um, and then having an opportunity like this today to really look back on really good times, you know, at concerts and, you know, making friends and appreciating the friends you have at a show, making memories. Um, you, you can, in, in my case today, I can tell you that like my brain is firing at 110% and that's really awesome. Um, having a full on, absolutely nerdy conversation about Dave Matthews band that, you know, maybe only 10% of my friends will be, will even <laughs> care to listen to. Right. Yeah. Um, but to someone on that same level and, uh, you know, uh, currently the idea of tribes and being tribal is certainly something not that it's not very positive, but there's a lot of Dave Matthews band fans that are, we're certainly in a tribe and you see each other and you're like, like 
my man, my girl, I love you. We do this. This is our happy place. And you can uh, uh, really appreciate others and because you are really 110% committed to this moment of either the music in your car or when we're so lucky we're at a show. Um, this has been super uh, exciting for me. Uh, as you uh, spoke about earlier, I'm wanting to start my own podcast and uh, where I was even, I was a little nervous when this started because I was like, uh, how is this going to go? Um, I think I, I have what it takes to uh, jump in with, with both feet. And uh, 100% you do. Yeah. 100%. Thanks, boss. I appreciate that. Um, and I want to I want to talk to some of my friends. Um, and uh, I have done enough things that I know enough about some things that I can relate a little bit of that to other people and make uh, maybe make a story interesting. Um, it, and I have no problem being self-deprecating either, because guess what? You're not perfect either. Um, not you, Drew. I mean, everybody else listening. And sorry for listening to me ramble. Um, I'm looking forward to the future, um, even on you know post-COVID bit. I, I'm I'm curious where which direction the world will go. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to you know resuming activities that I did my best to not give up those over the last year and just being careful. Um, but you know where we can really get together again. And I know that like politically, I'm very different than a lot of Dave Matthews uh, band fans, but guess what? We're still at this thing and we're still people first. And there are things that you might want to say to, uh, that you might say to me online, or you think about those things with me, but still to my face, you won't say them because you don't have that quite that conviction that, you know, I'm bad, or you're bad or they're bad. And it's like still at the end of the day, we're people. And uh, as long as we can talk face to face, which is obviously harder to do, uh, especially when we're reaching out over a podcast, like there are just so many things that need to be said out loud. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to, you know, Dave Matthews fans and fellow veterans and crazy, you know, golfers with crazy dreams about whatever it is, um, because we need those voices. We don't we do. We don't need to silence people's voices the craziest people and the craziest things that they say, like, I still want to know what you're saying. And I don't want to, I don't want you to be silenced. Uh, I want to know that you're nuts and I want to know which direction you're continuing to go as you're nuts in my estimation, even though you're convinced that you're right. Um, this is, uh, this, this has been, you know, really wonderful, uh, for everybody. I've never met Drew in person unless we saw each other at a show. Um, and I don't know, and I didn't know it was him. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, technology is so incredible. Uh, we're finding, you know, little 10% here and there that's bad about it. But, you know, uh, the fact that I'm, I mean, sitting in the hallway on a Surface Pro with my headphones in and like 10 years ago, you'd be like, you're going to do what? You're like, yeah, I'm having a conversation <laughs> with this guy. Right. And then we're going to put it out there. And there's just so much to be uh, appreciative of. Again, my experience in my life. I put myself in positions where a man like this really sucks and I do not enjoy this. And I'm going to be, you know, shit in a bucket for the next six weeks, but that's just my life. And I did sign up for this. Just accept it, move on. There's something brighter ahead. Um, and I, and I do think that we all have that opportunity to continue to move forward, um, and find the positive in it. There's going to be challenges and struggles. There's not a, uh, 
there's not one answer that's going to work for everybody. Um, and that's where, you know, people have to find some compromise. I, I know I'll compromise on things. You compromise on things. And, uh, guess what? At least in this community, we're still going to be at that show. And you may be mad that I'm calling you and my stupid heads in the way, but at the same time we're having, we're here for, you know, one thing that we can all relate to. Um, there are times that even when Dave's talking at a show and he, he wants to get into the news or politics or something, and I'm like, even I'm like, Hey, 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 like we're here for the show, man, not the commentary, like get into it. <laughs> and I've been at shows where he said stuff and it like, it legitimately upset me. I'm like, it's, that's not necessary. But if I had the platform he had, you know, let's take some risks because I mean, what's, what is he going to lose? He's got tons of money and adoring fans. And then most of them aren't going to hear these things anyway. Let's take some risks. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing in my podcast is, you know, be like, I, I can, I think I can weather the storm unless I say something really stupid. And I'll be like, okay, I'm just stupid. I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying, but I've put myself out there so that I could learn. Um, and let's just see uh, which direction it goes. So to all of uh, my Dave fans, uh, fellow Dave fans, not my Dave fans, um, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, people at shows this summer. Um, I don't know if Drew's going to put my, my picture up, but uh, my, my look changes here to there. So bearded, not bearded, hair, no hair. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the tall ones and I'm somewhere like in the third row and I'm judging you in the first couple of rows because you're hammered and you're not going to remember this and you're sitting closer than me. Wow. So that was a wild, wild story between these two episodes. Um, you've definitely lived a life that is unique and bold and your perspective on it is, is very curious to me. Um, you seem to have a cool, calm, and collected way about you, yet at the same time, you kind of... I don't want to say you drift as the wind blows, because that maybe notes not engaging. You're definitely engaging with your life, but you're just you're open to the tides of the water and... That's something that's rare these days. So, man, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for not trying to bottle cap your story and shove it all down to a 30-minute interview. It was really nice to be able to sit and talk for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half and really dig into how you see the world through the lens of DMB music. So, um Thanks for that. And again, going back to the previous episode, um, thanks for, I don't know how I quite want to say it. Just thanks for being a friend. You've, uh, you've been around DMB On Demand for quite some time. Uh, maybe since we first started up, it's been like 12 years now. But uh, you're one of those names and faces that have always kind of floated around. And every time I see you post something or or chime in. I'm always curious. So uh, thanks again, man. That's all I can say is just thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the final segment for today, The Way I Heard It. We know there is such diversity within the DMB family or community and for this reason alone, there will be differences in how we all interpret the music and the lyrics. Each week, we select a song and ask several fans to break down the song the way they heard it. Take a listen. Perhaps you would have heard the song in the same way, or perhaps you'll find a new appreciation of the song discussed. Enjoy!
So I wanted to talk today on this week's The Way I Heard It about a song that I feel like we all kind of know and love pretty dearly, but a song that is used a little bit more as not quite a party starter, but at the very least gets the crowd moving and gets us excited about uh, the the band and about the music that's being played at the moment. And that is a longtime favorite for a lot of Hardcore Dave fans, and that is Help Myself. And it's a song that's, I, th- I think, a product of somebody who is being brought up in the world with a sense of the things that I have been told as I was growing up are not the way that things are in the world that is actually around me. And and Dave is so good about being not sarcastic, but giving commentary on the the matters of life that we should be focused the most on. And I think when you take a song like Help Myself that is a, a very angry song. I mean, there, there is a lot of anger and a lot of frustration in the midst of, of Help Myself. And, and it comes as this kind of biting commentary about the world around us and the way that we claim that it's important to take care of one another and it's important to share a human experience that is positive in many ways and then more often than not a lot of us tend to turn away from that notion in favor of what's what's easiest and a, and a big part of that too is this um this line where he he sings 1-800 help yourself help yourself and it it's it's the removal of one's own responsibility one's own rights to humanity in some ways as well uh, in, a, in a way that at its core kind of oppresses people and, and doesn't allow them the chance to be strong or be successful and it, it's it's one of those things we I feel like we've been hearing a bunch about over the past few years well you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps well it's really hard to do that if I don't have bootstraps to pull myself up with. And that's so much of what Dave is getting at in in Help Myself. And he he does this thing, and I love it so much. And I think that it's one of the reasons that we all latch on to his songwriting and latch on to the music in general, where he takes the stage as if he is the one that we are criticizing, right? And Help Myself is no different. And it's it's this point of view commentary on the mindset of those who are willing to say, oh, we'll give the helping hand and we'll be happy to offer what we can to others and then not follow up with it. Uh, in the end, and um, 
help help myself i think is a uh, it, it, it's it's a very not narcissistic but it's a it's a very kind of sarcastic name for for a song and um what's so so much fun about this song too and it's not it's not all just a a negative point of view i think that there is some levity that that comes throughout it as well especially as you get into especially as you get into the bridge as things kind of soften up and and lighten up and uh you, you start to get this sense of oh things of things have kind of um eased eased up a little bit but then all of a sudden it just smacks you in the face with uh the fact that oh we're gonna die one day (laughs) and i don't mean to be callous about it i don't mean to laugh about it in a way that seems uh dejected or or removed from the situation it's just a part of human nature but it's it's almost the the same sense of peace or the same sense of self-awareness that comes about in in so much of dave's music that it's it the the passage of time is uh not kind to anyone and everybody is always going to wind up in the same place and the way that we get there is pretty universal in some ways but also unique to our own motives and our own desires and our own motivations and and thoughts and fears and and joys and sorrows and and it's it's an an encapsulation rather of how we should function and how we should allow ourselves to be open to other people and and to give them the same opportunities that we might have been offered in the past and giving them the chance to um, experience humanity in a way that we too might have been fortunate enough to experience. And I, I, I think that we see a lot of, a lot of that happening in the world right now that we're, we're not being kind. We're not being generous. We're not being thoughtful or compassionate. And I really hope that Help Myself makes a, a comeback sometime this year. Uh, I, I think that it's a song that speaks very truly to, to what we're, we're all going through right now. And it would be really nice to, to see that message reshared with people sooner rather than later. And that's kind of my plea to the band right now. Help Myself to help myself (laughs) that does it for season three I want to take a moment to give a sincere and, and heartfelt thank you to all of the folks who were brave enough to come onto the show over the past three seasons to share their story through the lens of DMB music. It never failed. Every time I would interview someone, 
we would tap into something that I thought only I felt or thought um, as it relates to the music. And it, and it turns out there's all these connections. I mean, that's what the podcast ended up being. It went from being about just the music to the connections between the people through the music. So every time I had the privilege to sit down with a member of the DMB family, uh, I was profoundly blown away by just how many of those connections there really are. So thank you to everybody who uh, came on and spoke about their lives through the lens of the music. I want to thank all of the contributors from the wonderful folks who come on to interpret songs for us in the segment, the way I heard it, so we can better understand how alike we are and how we view certain songs and lyrics. I want to thank my, oh man, amazing DMB sister, Bridget, for not just for reading the history, though I appreciate that, as does everybody else. I just want to thank you for being an amazing friend and an amazing person. Uh, you've never shied away. You're, you're always willing to, to be a friend. Uh, you're kind and compassionate and full of love. And uh, so just thank you for, I guess, being you. I want to thank Haley. She was one of our first podcast guests, but behind the scenes, she helped shape this into what it is today. Uh, she shook me out of my box a little bit. I was thinking small about the podcast when I first started it. I wasn't, wasn't thinking upwards and onwards. I wasn't considering expansion or be fluid, being fluid. It was very cut and dry and she challenged that a lot and it helped me grow and it helped me get out of tunnel vision and then when it started she pushed me even harder as a friend uh, to expand and pivot and there's been ups and downs I mean that's just a fact but at the end of it she is one of the reasons that we're here today talking about three seasons worth of podcast. So thank you, Haley. Next, I want to go and, and thank with a big, full heart, DMB Mamas for countless hours typing, calling, texting over the podcast and over other passion projects that that kind of bubbled up to the surface. Just, it, look, there's people who have a thousand irons in the fire, but don't really have control of any of them. They run around like a chicken with their head cut off. I do it at times myself. EMB Mamas is everywhere at every time. She is full of love. And if you, to know her is to love her. She's an amazing friend. Um, and in those brainstorming sessions, man, we would get one good idea and a hundred more could pop up and they'd go by the wayside. That's how frequently we had these ideas pop up that we wanted to chase down together. But you have to pick your battles, so to speak. But regardless, um, big, big, full heart thank you to um, DMB Mamas. Just, just thank you. 
um, you know, with one last thing with DMB Bombas, it came to the top of my head as I'm talking. I am a quiet individual. I am very much a homebody. Thank the Lord I married somebody who's the same. Um, and both me and my wife, when we're around people who are extroverts, we need to reset and recenter ourselves. Sometimes it's while it's happening. Other times it's right afterwards. Like we need to go sit at home for a little bit and just talk and read just to center ourselves. But DMB Mama, she is one of the most extroverts. I don't even know what the word is. Extroverted, maybe? Anyway, she's that times a hundred. Yet, she's the only person in the, on the planet that if I spend time around, at no point in time do I think I need to bail and get centered, or I need to bail and just breathe. Nor after we talk and brainstorm do I think, ah, man, I need to center myself. It's, it's just, it's never been that way. And uh, that's one of the biggest compliments that, that I can give you, so... I want to thank the I want to thank David um, from the podcast Shut Up I Love You for graciously giving us perspective, tips, and support when this thing was in its infancy. They have an awesome podcast. They discuss DMB like we do, but theirs is more of a lighthearted um, format, and there's room for all types. If you haven't listened to Shut Up, I Love You, go to Stitcher or Apple or Google Podcasts or their website and search Shut Up, I Love You, and, and you'll have a blast listening to, uh, to them talk about life in general and the music of DMB. So uh, thank you guys for everything you did to, to help when we started. Again, I know there's been bumps along the way, but at the end of it, when you boil it all down, the only thing I'm left with is gratitude. Jesse. Jesse was our very first guest. Uh, he was the guy that I trusted to come back onto the show, turn the tables, and interview me. Your friendship, young man, means the world to me, as does your kind and thoughtful feedback. Thank you, Jesse. Not just for being just just for being you. I, you have an amazing life ahead of you, and I feel very privileged to see you sort of get some progress and maybe stumble a little bit, but then learning and recalibrating and, and then taking the next step and repeating that until you get the results that you want. It's, uh, it gives me some courage on how to handle uh, my life and my decisions just for that thank you most of all I want to thank the listeners of this show the DMB family it took a long time and a lot of effort to get to this point we fell on our faces a whole bunch in order to learn what to do and what not to do and if it wasn't for the listeners and the DMB family I don't know where we'd be we wouldn't well, we wouldn't be doing anything would be talking in a vacuum. Uh, feedback. I can't believe the amount of feedback I get from the podcast, from the family. You know, not not always, you know, rosy colored feedback. Sometimes it's honest, constructive criticism. And I love it. I, I want to hear everything 
good, bad in between for the fans so that we know how to pivot, how to recalibrate, and make this thing as good as it can be. Um, so thank you for your support, your your feedback, and your love. It's it's never looked past or taken for granted. It's and I can speak for everybody who has helped bring this podcast to life and maintain it and keep it alive and thriving. Uh, I can say on their behalf without a, without a doubt in my heart that we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Look, so we're going to be away for a little while. And here's what I'm asking. The summer tour season has started. You're going to be going to a lot of shows. You're going to be meeting a lot of new people. It's summertime, so people are more social, so you're going to see more friends and family and what have you. Just love each other. Love each other. Forgive each other. Especially when it's hard to forgive. To the degree that that they need forgiven is the same degree that you need released from the bondage of holding on to these negative thought loops and this bullshit that weighs your heart down. Forgive and love. The music that we all listen to and, and enjoy and saturate and apply in our whole life is love. But don't just sit on your ass with it. Go do something with it. Take that love and give it to somebody. Give it to multiple people. Give it to a thousand if you can. Ten thousand. The more you can give that away, the better everybody is, including yourself. Just love. Courageously, passionately, love. I think that about wraps it up. We're taking a break from our normal episodes now, and we're going to be sending out surveys to listeners and guests to figure out how to fine-tune and pivot for Season 4. I know that I am going to be purchasing a nice microphone before Season 4, so the audio quality will improve even more. I'm also going to take a class on how in sound engineering to figure out how to edit just a little bit better. I have the rudimentary things down, but I want to get advanced with it so I can master the audio for each episode of the podcast. And we're going to be dabbling with some bonus material in our off-season. It's going to be DMB Boomerang. Basically, I sit down with somebody, we pick a topic and a song and a lyric, and we start talking about it. And as the conversation grows, maybe it leads to another song that's linked to it and another lyric. So we discuss that for a while. And onward and onward we go, looking at all these threads through the music. And then we bring it back around to the first topic and the first lyric to conclude it and completing the DMB boomerang. So it's going to shine a light even more than we already do on the connections in the music and in between us. So that's something to look forward to over the next couple months. Otherwise, we're going to be back in autumn of 2021. And I think that will do it. So... Until next time.